appropriate for us to all have a word of prayer. I wonder this prayer could be a prayer blessing for our graduates. Could we do that together as we're all standing here as family, friends, believers, all of our hearts of love are for each one of these graduates. Let's just pray together. Pray a blessing out loud right there where you're at. Our dear Heavenly Father, we lift up our voices on this Friday night in June 2023 with six graduates standing here before us in the strength of their youth in the evil age that we live in this gross darkness that's on people but to have two young ladies and four young men with a desire to serve you and love you is a miracle God we want to thank you publicly for their lives, for their great light in this time of darkness that you have turned on because of a message that has come. We give you glory tonight, Lord. We give you praises. We've thanked one another and thanked ones that have been influential upon their lives, but we want to thank you tonight, Lord Jesus, from the bottom of our hearts for who you are, for the person that you are and the positive eternal expression for keeping them safe through these years of their lives. I thank you, Jesus. May tonight and for the next few moments, Lord, be a blessing upon our graduates. May they sense the warmth of your presence. May they sense the encouragement from that other dimension. If they would be the last graduating class before the rapture. Let them feel the pulsation in the grandstands of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands that have gone before them saying, you can make it. Run the race. And the baton is now in their hands. Lord, we're asking you to speak to us in the next few minutes. You would take the microphone 
Say things that only you can say. Speak in a way that only you can speak, Jesus. We invite you now for the next few minutes of our evening before we go to talk to us along the road. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. I'm just going to let you have your seats for the next few moments. Thank you. Amen. Well, I'm not going to take a lot of your time tonight. I, I also don't want to be boring either. <laughs> and I don't want to take your time. Brother Branham was our good example. He spoke to the graduating class of his daughter, Rebecca, and friend Marilyn, and I think he took 43 minutes in a home service, and uh, who am I to speak longer than that? But I just pray the next few minutes will be something that will mean something to you. We woke up early this morning and prepared ourselves for the day, and Brother Andrew Dodd had sent us a picture of the graduating class, and so I had them in front of me and their names, uh, Eliah, that loves animals, Angelica, that I'll be good tonight, Angelica, sorry. I know you're uh, studying for criminology. I'll be really good here tonight. You're our quiet genius. Jonathan, that's moving on to further education. Solomon, thinking of life and maybe racing faster. Judah, our wildlife management machinist. And to Nathan, is, I heard, is reliable and very hilarious. Amen. I like your suit coat tonight. But as I uh, knelt down and was praying there in our room for each one of them and speaking their names before the Lord, I was thinking of how many children do not even make it from when they're born to when they can graduate or the age 18. I wonder how many young men and young ladies never even make it to tonight. And I think we all have a lot to give the Lord thanks for and we ought to be grateful that these uh, six graduates could even make it physically. Uh, can you say amen? amen? I mean, a lot of children pass away in infancy. They pass away during their school years. They pass away in accidents. They pass away with sickness. COVID took a lot of people. And I'm just mindful tonight of how precious uh, life is and how short life is. I want to speak tonight for a few minutes uh, graduating class, uh, I was thinking if uh, the Lord Jesus walked into this room, what he would say to you. I was thinking of Brother Branham, if he walked into this room, what he would say. I want to speak for a few minutes on you are of age to meet his need. You are of age to meet his need. And I want to take it out of John chapter 9. If you have a Bible or if you have something on your phone or something. But you'll remember in John chapter 9, there was a man that was blind from his youth, from his birth, the Bible says. This young man had been blind, born blind, and his disciples asked, and many asked, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind. And Jesus said in John 9, verse 3, Neither this man sinned nor his parents, 
but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And throughout the chapter, Jesus spit on the ground and uh, took some clay of the spittle and anointed this young man's eyes. And he went and washed and he came seeing. And the people came to ask, and this is where I'm taking the thought, is out of verse 21. They asked the parents, you know, who, who did this to you? Who did this to our young person? And the parents said, by what means we, he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. He is of age. Ask him. And just down a few more verses when they spake again to his parents in verse 23. Not, this is John 9, 23. Therefore said his parents, he is of age. Ask him. So tonight I would like to speak tonight, this graduating class of 2023, you are of age to meet his need. Jesus uh, taking this in the scripture and his parents saying ye are of age means he has come to adulthood. It's time for his maturity. And I was thinking tonight, uh, graduating class, that you are of age means you have come to the season now of expression. All that you have learned your whole life, now is the time to be manifested. You have grown up, as we've already heard some of you say, you are not an infant anymore. You are not in preschool. Some of you might remember the first days of going to school, but you're not in elementary class. You're not in middle school. Is this true tonight? I think I can safely say they're not in high school. They're now of age. After tonight, they are adults. That's what the Bible says. They are of age. Ask them. In other words, it's not all now what your daddy believes or what your mommy believes or what your brother believes or even what your pastor believes, but you are of age. You are of age. What does the message mean to you? So tonight I'm not looking into the face of an infant as we saw the wonderful photos of all of you when you were children, some of you when you were babies, some of you when you were little toddlers, and some of you in middle age school, but we're not back there anymore. I think all of the photos saw you in the prime of your life. And if I understand the photos correctly, None of them showed you in a time of weakness. Tonight, we're not here to focus on your weaknesses. We're not here to focus on where you fall short. When Brother John was praying this morning all alone in my room for you, not even knowing all of you very much, but it was the Holy Spirit in Brother John that was praying and speaking your name before his throne. That's the Lord Jesus and his love for you. But now I'm turning it around tonight. You are of age. Ask them. And I was thinking a, a great amount of pressure is put on young people today to make life choices. 
to make life decisions, even as they come up in their teenage years, everyone is asking them to make career decisions for the rest of their life. Sometimes even when you were younger, people would ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? How many know have ever heard that before? What do you want to be when you grow up? Well, now you've grown up. Where do you want to live when you grow up? Who are you going to marry when you grow up? Are you going to further education? Will you have a trade? These are all questions. It's almost, I know Brother John sensed it when I was younger, and I was younger one day, but it's like a pressure. It's like something put in front of you always to like, you know, make a decision or you almost feel backed into a corner sometimes. You, it's like a pressure. You know, will you get into a relationship? Where, where are you going to attend church? And who's going to be your friends? And Brother John wrote this on the airplane when I was thinking of coming here tonight that I have found just in my short a lifetime that social media and computers and cell phones and internet use and the World Wide Web, they have changed the dynamics of our relationships today. I think you'd all agree to that. It's not a different, it's not the same world that we were born and I was raised up in in Jeffersonville, Indiana, in the Branham Tabernacle. And when I was a young man and growing up, Brother Branham was very clear that each generation is ten times worse than, than our generation. And so tonight, Brother, Brother John was born and raised in the message. And I have children, but I also have grandchildren. So I realize that it's not just ten times worse for you. It's actually a hundred times worse for this group of young people. How many recognize that? And this was something that I had on my wall in my office for many, many years uh, working with young people, that it's not just 10 times greater uh, that, that they need our prayers. It's actually 100 times more that they are being challenged to be an overcomer. Tonight, you are of age to meet his need. You've made it to another level. You're taking a corner in your life. You're moving around a bend. And I want to say there's not everyone can take that corner. Not everyone can turn around this bend and be a, a success. But I want to say tonight to each one of our six graduates that all heaven is behind you. Your families are behind you. The Holy Spirit is behind you. I just felt the presence of God and I felt impelled by the Holy Spirit as I saw the scriptures that you chose and heard the songs that you sang and that was the background for your, your, the, the pictures as they came up. Not one rock and roll song. Not one earring. Not one cigarette, not one, I, I didn't see any sexual innuendos. There's no, there, you know, there's not any worldly dancing here tonight. We're here to give glory to God. 
that on a graduation night we can give glory to God without alcohol and without a lot of sexual perversion and nakedness. We don't need rock and roll to celebrate our young people. It's the Holy Spirit that is here that before they were even formed in their mother's womb, God predestinated them to be an overcomer. And I felt the love of God even in this room tonight. And I wanted you to know uh, to our dear graduates tonight that we all are for you. We love you. If the Lord Jesus could walk through the same doors we all walk through tonight and take this microphone, I'm sure he would say, I love you. And I'm going to be with you all the way to the end. And when I saw our beautiful graduates walking down the trail and the, the drone that was taking their uh, steps as they were walking and we were seeing behind them and they were walking down the road, I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful? And if you agree tonight, you can just say amen, but wouldn't it be wonderful if on that great day all six of these graduates came marching into heaven? Wouldn't that be fantastic? But on that day, all six of these graduates came marching into heaven saying, we made it. I tell you, dads and moms and grandparents and friends and believers, that's going to be worth it all. So to hear the words tonight that you are of age is a compliment to your maturity, that you're of age to meet his need. And tonight I'm not here to challenge your experience. I'm not here to speak negative or condescending to any, any one of you. I would never do that. I wrote a note, I think it was last year, the year before I was speaking in front of hundreds of young people and I felt compelled to go back to my room and I, and I wrote this note and I have it here tonight. I wanted it to always be a a remembrance to myself as a speaker to never speak condescending to young people. Never. And so tonight I, we're not here to focus on our weaknesses. We respect you highly. For you to be called to be an overcomer in this age, you are a miracle. People always ask, you know, especially to young people raised in the message, and we oftentimes feel like, well, I don't have a testimony. You know, uh, I don't really have a testimony. You hear of others that say, well, God delivered me from smoking, or God delivered me from drinking, or he delivered me from a life out in the world. And I don't think any of our young people tonight should feel at all that they don't have a testimony. I think I can say like Apostle Peter, for we are kept by the power of God. That is a great testimony. To even have six young people in this wicked age have a desire to serve God is a total miracle. I want every person to walk out of this room tonight saying, we have been privileged to be with six young people that love the Lord Jesus. Can we give a round of applause to these young people for that? So
Social media has taken the place of a lot of solid relationships in the times that we live in. But you are of age to meet his need. I mean, it's in our faces every day, from the iPhone to the iPad to the MySpace. I walked out of the airplane walking through your new terminal in Edmonton, and there's an iStore right there. It's all about me. It's all about I. It's all about the focus and all the selfies and all the projecting out their good side and projecting out the smiles and projecting it's all the great times. But anybody that's walked down this road for any time know that life isn't always the good times. We can't always live on the mountain. It's in the valley where real fruit is raised. Can you say amen? We can't live on the mountain. No farmer puts his field on a mountain. He has to go down into the valley. Tonight, we are in a great mountain of, of your lives. We are in a mountain peak. We're here with you. We came up this mountain with you tonight, but I can give you with strong assurance, there's going to be some valleys in your life. Because the only way to get to the next mountain is to put your head down and walk down through the valley. But it's in the valley that he restores your soul. Is this okay tonight? I, I'm here as a spokesman for Jesus Christ to say, you are of age to meet his need in a very selfish age, in the age of selfies and TikToks and shorts and everything's quick and everything is new and everything's got to be fast and everything's got to be, our attention spans can be so short. Even as youth sometimes, we can be so self-conscious, self-conscious of ourselves. And, and you've grown through those times of, complexes and the acne and the falling down or the, you know, where do I go from here? And as young adults, sometimes we, we can all get selfish sometimes. One of the faults of the new generation is that we can become a product of the, of the me generation and it's I and all of these things. But tonight I'm here to give you an encouragement that you are of age to meet his needs. And I'll turn to another scripture uh, with you that might be interested. And this is John chapter 4. Can I go just a couple more minutes? Hey? In John chapter 4, we see Jesus in, in verse 4 saying, when he was leaving one city, he was going through a certain place. He left Judea in verse 3, and he departed into Galilee. But John chapter 4, verse 4 said, He must needs go through Samaria. He must needs go through a certain place. And most of you know the story in the next few verses. The need was is that there was a young person or a young lady or a lady, a predestinated seed that was in that city that was thirsty for something real. 
She had a lot of needs. And maybe as a young person or maybe someone in the audience tonight, maybe you say, well, I have a lot of needs. I want to say Jesus had needs to go through that place. And tonight I'm speaking that as a, as a word to you that you are of age. You've grown up now. You are mature enough to meet his needs. Not for life to be all about your needs or where do we go from here? Or, you know, I have a thousand different choices and I have a million things to do. And, you know, I can do whatever the world says. You can be whatever you want to be. But a believer knows that really we, we want God's will for our lives. And we'll only ever be truly happy in God's perfect will for our lives. So it's just like it's all turned around and it's finding ourselves surrendered to the Lord Jesus and Him conveying His will into our hearts. How many would like it in the congregation if the Lord Jesus would do that for our graduates? There was a need in that other city that was crying out with a voice of one man, then two husbands, then three relationships. I don't know how it was when she walked down the aisle if they had did it four times, five times. Finally, she just gave up and, you know, is it even worth getting married? She's with another man and let's go on down to the well. But little did she know that Jesus Christ already was being led to her need. I want to bring your attention tonight from just our six wonderful graduates in this prime of their life to our Lord Jesus has needs. God has needs. And these young people are of age. You have raised them for such a time as this. Our parents, our grandparents, the church, whatever church that they are from, an end-time message tabernacle, we thank you for hosting this event tonight. But out of the womb, out of the womb of the message has come these six young people. They are fulfilling Malachi 4 and 6. Malachi 4, 5 is that God would send a prophet. He would send Elijah. And that was fulfilled in William Branham. But there's another verse right after it that says there would be children whose hearts would be turned back. And let us not forget that they are fulfilling Malachi 4, 5, and 6. They're answering the call of a need that God had. Brother Branham fulfilled his part. That, that was his part of the plan. But our six graduates are answering the need of God that their hearts would literally be turned back. Praise be to God. So before we conclude tonight, I want you to see, as the Bible says about Jesus, that he had needs to go by this place. That now sitting in this room, we have some graduates that are of age now to meet his needs. And that need in this last generation is for young people, young adults, that would fulfill 
the scripture that speaks about a mighty church without spot or without wrinkle or any such thing. That they would be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that would give their lives to the Lord. And that God would be able to come down and stand with them in their furnace of affliction or in their moment in university or in their moment of relationship or at the crossroad of a crisis. What should I do? Where should I go? That our lovely Lord Jesus would stand there and would identify with them and say, I am here to meet their need because they have met my need. Praise be to God. Young people, you are that manifestation. In all humility, we can do the best we can. The ministry can do the best they can. And I'm speaking on behalf of the ministry. I think this is the only grad you're going to have, right, for the church. So I'm speaking on behalf of the ministry. We're giving you the baton. There is no other generation. There is no other group of young people. There's not a better class of 2023. This is God's choice. And we can all do the best we can, and that's a miserable failure. But our little, our little in his hands can feed the multitudes. Remember, it was the loaves and the fishes and a little boy's school lunch in his lunch. So it wasn't that the fish were huge trophy salmon. It's not that the loaves were bigger in that day. They were a little boy going to school. Do we understand? In his lunch, it probably would have lasted for lunch, maybe. But in the hands of Jesus, to meet a greater need, it could feed thousands. I challenge you tonight, are you willing to give your little to him that he would be able to bless the thousands? I'm challenging you tonight. The little that you have within your life, and oh, how we all feel so little. I know I do. But our little given to him can bless thousands of God's people. God has needs. God has needs. And you're old enough to answer the call to meet his needs. Isn't that wonderful? A need means there's a purpose for your life. There's something that is falling short in your church. And you can meet that need. You have drawn a lot from your family for these last 17, 18, 19 years. You've drawn a lot. Now's your time to give back. So there's something falling short in your family. There, I believe this. I'm speaking it by faith. There's something falling short in relationships for you down the road. And you are going to meet that need. And some young lady or some young man, there's a... There is a predestinated little boy or little girl that needs to be born. And you in this graduating class are going to meet a need to bring forth that child. Can you say amen? There, there has to be life in our churches. 
There has to be some energy and some passion and some love for the Lord. We cannot bring Jesus Christ a dead, formal, dry, saying we believe a prophet and we believe a message and it's the greatest thing and then be miserable and backslidden. I think it's time to rise to the occasion on this graduation night and meet his need. Meet his need for victory. Meet his need for the last ones that would cross through the grandstands. Remember, there's more in the grandstands tonight than what's in this room. There's a little over a hundred or so of all of these people. They love you, graduating class. They, we love you. But can you imagine the grandstands full of thousands of believers? Some were martyred. Some were sawn asunder. Some were destroyed. They gave their lives. I'm thinking spiritually, but even naturally. I was just in Germany. I was just in Poland. And how many thousands and thousands of warriors, soldiers gave their lives for our freedom? And we wear the poppies and we have Remembrance Day, but even physically we have a lot to be grateful for tonight. You are meeting the need of what they fought for. So you are his need. You are his need means something's falling short. Something is needed. There's, there's necessity. It's necessary for you to be alive. It's necessary. We need you. There's a lack somewhere in the message. And you are of age to meet that lack. Is this okay tonight? I, I want you all to leave here tonight with something in your heart that you're, you're old enough to understand. It's not my preacher. It's not Brother Ed. It's not Brother Andrew, Brother Max, or Brother John, or Brother... It, uh, it, it's not our precious Brother Moses. But now it's you. It's not your, what your daddy believes or what my mother believes about predestination or the message or the prophet. God sent you a prophet. Duty is calling to you and to I because there's a void. And you have something to fill that void. Something useful. A void needs to be fulfilled somewhere. There's thoughts in God's mind, and someone must fulfill them, and that's you. Someone has got to fulfill the need today, and you're of age as the young man was healed and his eyes came open and you look down further in the chapter that we read our opening scripture he gave his life to Christ and became a believer but the parents said he's of age ask him tonight I'm saying you're of age to meet his need the need for love the need for worship the need for prayer someone is going to fill a need for prayer. I believe our graduating class can do that. How many believe they can do that? I, I encourage you. God hears every prayer. I don't care how many people have failed around you. I don't care how many people have walked away. I don't care how many people have denounced the message and said it isn't true. It is the truth. 
And God is calling on you and on me to meet a need. Brother John is getting over the hill. I, I admit that. I'm not saying that in humility. I'm over the hill now. The baton is in your hands. I'm not young anymore. I, you, I'm not here to say I remember back in a certain days that our young people deserve to live in the now and to have a life now and to have a vision now. And they're not the church of tomorrow. They are the church today. And to have breath and to have energy and passion poured into the sails of their lives and saying, you can make it. There's a need for fasting and for consecration and for more dedication. I'm talking about in the message. There's a need for dedication and holiness. Are you that person? Are you going to walk out of here wearing beautiful dresses and long hair and then put on pants or wear jewelry or strip off yourself before a crowd that doesn't love you? It's just another drink. You're just another body. You're just another weekend. You're just another Friday night. I have been, uh, and you've heard it in the news in the last week of people being gunned down on their graduation night. I'm so thankful that we're in a crowd of people that's not sending bullets into your body. But we're sending prayers. We're sending the breath of God. We're giving you energy that you can do better than our generation ever did. We're not here to speak about the failures or the things of the past. We're here to say, you can run better than we did. There's a lot of needs today. There's a lot of voices in your life. And I pray the Holy Spirit would turn the volume up in your life as this woman that was in Samaria had something within her life as needs. And I just want to say this. You've heard that phrase. How many's heard this phrase? You're just a case. Well, you're just a case. Who's ever heard that before? She is just a case. Y'all heard that before? Well, let me say this tonight. You are his case. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You are his case. You've all heard that phrase, well, you know, she gave me a piece of her mind or, you know, give me a piece of your mind. I sure He sure gave me a piece of his mind. Well, let me say this. You are a piece of the master. Sorry for doing this. You are a piece of the master. You are God's masterpiece. So look beyond the flaw in your knee. Look beyond the flaw of your big ears. Look beyond the flaw of your stumbling around and your youthful lust that would lead you to shame and embarrassment. God keeps working on you because the Word and the Lord hath need of you. I don't have time to turn to it, but Luke 19 speaks about Jesus having a need. He had need to go into a certain city and there was to be a certain anointing or a certain animal the Bible uses different words, you know, a donkey as it was to carry him into the city. And, and Jesus told his disciples that when the people would ask you, what are you doing? That you would say, the Lord has needs. The master has needs. Amen. I want to say this, the same thing tonight in this building in Edmonton. The Lord has needs. And these young people, that's what we're to tell the world our Lord has needs, and they are of age to meet his need. I, I want to encourage you 
graduating class, don't be ashamed of the needs within your life. We've all heard the phrase of special needs. This person has special needs. And how many's heard that phrase? Special needs. This person is a little slower. There are certain special needs. You would say to the world, this is a negative thing. To the world, to say this person has special needs is a negative. But to the believer, they realize God has made them for his glory with weaknesses. God made you and me with weaknesses. He made us with things that are not desirable. For out of our weakness, he's made strong. So turn your eyes off of your needs. You say, I'm special needs. And we all think that our lives are special or we're unique. But God has needs. He has needs. And these young people are, are of age to meet his needs. Can you say amen? So in conclusion tonight, God has needs to go through Samaria. He has needs to go through Laodicea. Do you believe that? He has needs to walk by your church, to walk by your address. Jesus has needs for a virtuous bride. Are you going to answer that call? He has needs for someone to take up their cross and follow him. Are you going to meet that need? You're of age now. You, you can't say, well, you know, Brother Branham or my pastor or the somewhat a deacon in the church. No, that's their cross. There's a need for us to take up our cross and follow Jesus. Do you have it within you to take up your cross? He has needs for witnesses. You know, Laodicea had need of nothing. But the bride needs him. We need him tonight. We must meet his need. And I pray God's blessings upon our young people. I think I'll just move some more of our comments till tomorrow night. We have a service, uh, I think at 7 o'clock. I just moved some of our comments to then. I want to say as someone that's been raised in the message, as most of you have and our graduates, it's a privilege to be raised in the message. Don't ever uh, look on that as a stigma. I think I heard a lot about homeschooling tonight. That is not a curse. That is a blessing. But it's also a challenge to be raised in the message. God bless you, graduates. Graduating class of 2023. God bless all of you. And when the roll is called up yonder, and we hear six names called out from this year, I pray with all of my heart these four young men and these two beautiful young ladies could stand at attention and say, I'm here. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for these precious moments, Lord. 
and thinking of the value of the cross and the value of that bleach for our sins and how within this room there's plenty of evidence that Jesus Christ is alive. Because I see consecrated men and women in the evil, dark, corruptible age that we live in and hell has come up into this dimension and we hear of wars and rumors of wars and um, markets, financial markets collapsing and the world is falling apart. To know that you're raising up six more beacons and torches in this gross darkness that is now standing with us as adults. To say I'm standing to be counted as a believer. I stand with you. I'm, I'm allowing the Lord to turn on the light within my life. I, I want to meet his need for holiness. I want to meet his need for prayer. I'm putting the shoulder to the wheel. I'm picking up the cross now so that the older ones can go to their reward and that I'm here to carry the need of my family, mother, father, in sincerity, sister, brother, with all the love in my heart, grandfather, grandmother, pastor, deacon, song leader. I'm here. What can I do? Where can I go? Is the Lord calling some of these young men and these young ladies to a further life of consecration? Lord, we pray that you would bless them tonight. May the Holy Spirit just fall upon them and they feel the pulsation of the Holy Spirit in that other dimension, giving them a vote of confidence that all heaven and all the angels bust loose, Lord, with one of them standing for you. Let us not be quiet. Let us not stand to the side. God, help us not to be mockers and scoffers. God, help us not to hinder one of these young people. But may we do all we can to encourage them, to bless them, to pray with them and for them with all the love that's within our hearts. We send a blessing with our graduates tonight on this Friday night. May the presence of God go home with them and their future would be bright and their pathway would be clear. Though they walk from this mountain of graduation down through a valley, may you be with them for the rest of their lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we commit them to you together. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for your time. Parents said it twice. I was just pondering on that. It was amazing this morning, Brother John, as I was praying early. Very much echoing what you were praying for these young graduates. Pondering today on maturity is and what it is to come to maturity. And Brother John just spoke very well around it. And it's interesting as you're growing up, you've been raised to make the right decision. All your life, your parents raised you right. They did everything they could to raise a child in the way it would go. 
but now it's been in values that were instilled in you, but now it comes to a time where it's your decision. You're of age. What are you going to do? And as this, this scripture Brother John read in, in John chapter 9, it was the parents just took the cover right off. Parents, they do that. They have, they've had it over you all your life. A shield trying to protect you, trying to do everything they can for you. And they still will. They're parents. That's in their nature. But you know, they just took it right off for him and said, he's of age. Ask him. To some, that's a scary thing. But let me say this way. That young man, it catapulted him beyond the revelation his parents ever had. And when Brother John's saying, it's passing the baton on to you, that's exactly what we're talking about. May the Holy Ghost catapult you beyond what we've ever gone to. May it continue to move in your life in a way that goes beyond as, as your parents now pull off the cover and allow you to say, what would you like to do? And as the Holy Ghost moves in your life, I believe it's a time, it's an opportunity for the seeds that have been planted in your life to blossom into what they were always meant to be. Amen. And you know, I'll just say, I'll just say with this statement, I'm, I'm not going to preach, don't worry. But there's a time when honoring your parents meant doing what you were told. But now, honoring your parents is serving the Lord with all your heart. That's what brings them honor. And I pray for you. Why don't you turn around, graduates, look at all the people here for a moment. These people are here because they've prayed for you. They've loved you. And we're not going to stop. But we still love you. In this next stage of life, we're going to keep pressing on. Why don't we stand to our feet for a minute? I think it's an apt song to sing at a graduation. Let me walk with you, Jesus. Don't ever leave me alone. Oh, let me walk with you, Jesus. Don't ever leave me alone. Oh, let, let me walk. 